Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a pre-Darby edition of American Citizens. My name is Gray, and I'm here with Josh. I, I'm back from my mini vacation. I was not on the last pod because I was unavailable, but we, you know, we hope that you got enjoyed it, listened to it. Um, very good stuff. Um, so, but we have another guest this week. Um, we are joined by James Carbonara. He is, he has written for Read Man City. He has appeared on Blue Moon Rising TV. And just like us, he's a filthy American newcomer. So welcome to the show, James. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I, I appreciate that warm welcome. And you're, you're absolutely right. An American uh, hearing some nice uh, American accents, although we like the British accents as well. We do. It it's sounds- strange. We like the British accents during sports, but when we're doing the podcast, you're like, it's nice to hear an American accent talking to me. But at the same time, it's got nothing to do with prejudice against the British. It's just if you follow this sport so much, chances are 95% of your podcast consists of foreigners talking about your favorite team. Not that that's bad. It's just nice to have variety. Exactly. You you want to, and we want to hear these types of things on uh, on ESPN by our, our local sports people, which, which is why I really appreciate that that you guys are are creating that unmet need in the uh, in the blogosphere and and the podcast uh, sphere. I, I remember, um, you know, Aguero. I think he had hit a hat trick against uh, Bayern. Maybe Messi had a hat trick the same day. Messi gets all the headlines. There's just such a there's not enough football, and we call it football uh, talk here in the in the U.S with uh, American accents. So glad you guys are uh, filling that need. To be honest, can I, and, and, and Gray, I I really am trying to toss this question to you. I don't think either of us expected how much of a need we were filling. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, I don't, I don't know what we expected, but it wasn't this. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we we didn't really know. I mean, there are American City fans. We knew that, but you know, uh, the, their their presence in the actual, you know, the actual conversation is much more limited, and that's understandable. But you know, that seems to be a changing. So, um, let's kick right off. We are recording this as we sit on Tuesday, September sixth, which is. One, two, three, four days away from the Manchester Derby, the first Manchester Derby of the season. Which, so, in, which in Dimitri Seluk time is 50 million, like, <laughs> hours that he could spend just causing problems. Like, that's a lifetime for Dimitri Seluk. Now that you've brought this up, I, ha- I have to ask, because we will get to this later, but what, what do we think Dimitri Seluk is doing right now in his den of evil with his dartboard that probably has a picture of Pep Guardiola on Stroking it? a cat um, of some kind, like, very creepily. He's like, like the evil villain in Batman. Yeah. What, do you about, what about you, James? What you got? I, in terms of that, I, I mean, these are the these are the issues that these players have. Uh, you know, Dimitri Seluk, um, even... Uh, 
even Balotelli and, and his uh, his agent and the things that he has to say, although I guess he's sticking up for him a little bit more. Uh, I think these guys cause harm uh, to the players. I, I think, you know, maybe that's part of the reason, you know, Guardiola wants to move Yaya on. You know, people don't want these headaches. And, you know, frankly, Balotelli was a, a headache. I, I think these agents should just, you know, make good money deals and stay out of the uh, the press. I kind of want to make a countdown clock to, until Yaya Torre's contract expires and we are done with Dimitri Selic once and for all in our lives. It'd really be more of a Dimitri Selic countdown It would. Clock. I mean, I'm not I mean, super... I think Torre's time has come and gone. True, but, but I but have more affection for I will him be than much I more. Ex- I will be much more excited about Dimitri Selic no longer being associated with Manchester City in any way, shape, or form than D- I will Dimitri. Dimitri Selig didn't score the penalty, uh, the la- the final PK that beat Liverpool for a trophy. So, you know, I... Dimitri I, Selig I, didn't score at Newcastle or at Wembley. No, no, he sure didn't. So, I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I will definitely miss Yaya, but these agent bust-ups... But remember, but remember, we've still got AD Ward down the line. And True. right now, the heme is happy. True. So, so let's move on to, to Let's business. get to the Derby, yeah. Let's get to um, I think the pertinent question um, that we have to figure out before we really get into the nitty-gritty of the game is the fact that Manchester City will be without Sergio Aguero because of the, the ban. And my thoughts on this, I know this has been, it's been a while now, and it was covered when you spoke to David Mooney nah, briefly. Or was it? I don't remember. My brain is fried. My brain is fried. Actually, there were two podcasts with David Mooney, and it happened again, and only one of them was usable. So I'm glad. So David Mooney is cursed. Um, Yes, three times. But the very, very good to know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we did get the one. Thank God. But. The, the question is, and my thought on the Aguero ban is, I don't know how Mariner didn't see it. And I think we will at some point get into the Mark Halsey thing and all that and um, whether these bans need to be relooked. But my thinking is I, it's hard for me to rack up the sympathy for him given how it looked. But neither here nor there. City have a game to play and they have to play it without him. And it's a very important game. So I guess the first question I would pose here is... How do you, if you are Pep Guardiola, or if you're pretending to be Pep Guardiola in our case, how what do you do? Like, there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, do you go with Nolito? Is do you go with the false nine? Do you go with Kalechi and Nacho? Do you? What do you do? Turn this over to whoever wants to answer. Guess first. <laughs> All right, guess first. Oh, it, it it's tough. I I mean, my impulse is is to say not Kalechi. That Kelechi is more of an impact sub. Um, he has a great goals to minute ratio, um, but I, I believe he, you know, he had started one game of, of prominence, and I, I don't think he scored. I think it was a nil-nil or or, or one nothing game. Um, you know, that said, he's coming off a, a great strike, uh, you know, for Nigeria. And additionally, the benefit of sticking with uh, Kelechi is that you get to keep Raheem and Nalito, you know, in position, and they've both been doing you know quite well there but i you know i I still wonder if the spotlight is is too big for him may i suggest also that then you run into a different problems because there are rumblings big rumblings in fact fierce rumblings that gundawan 
actually, Gunduan's already been confirmed as fit for the Derby. But there are rumblings that company could be back, but perhaps more importantly, that Sané will be re- will be going. Do you keep Sané on the bench and 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 ease him into it, or or how do you do that? Like that that's these are the other problems that we could. Gray and I have tried to figure out how to work this. So now we're going to pass our problem. Yeah, on. Josh, Josh has had a lot of thoughts on the possible tactical setup on Sunday. So let's let's go well, for it. Yeah, let's hear yours. Assuming everybody, let's just pretend everybody but company comes back. What do you do? Uh, me or, or Gray, what do I do? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Guest, guest first, we're pinning guest yourself first. on you. Mm-hmm. Guest, guest first. Um. So, so here's the thing. I, I thought, you know, we could put Navas, maybe put Navas in, in there and, you know, push Nolito up front. But then, you know, is Navas a holdover from the Pellegrini age? Is he really our best player? You know, part of me thinks let's put our most talented players on the field um, in the realm of, of Asane, in the realm of, of a Gundogan. But then again, you know, the, the Kolarov. Uh, we've seen a, a resurgence from him since being under Guardiola, so so maybe a, a novice wouldn't wouldn't be so bad. Um, do you ease you know both San, Sane and you know Gundogan into the into the side? Um, I, I mean, again, my my gut is really just to move Nolito up top, um, and then either you know per, perhaps add uh, add Navas on. I mean, I even considered putting Fernando. <laughs> in there who came on for uh for Aguero and just paying, playing a little more you know defensive and pushed De Bruyne up top uh, I there there are a myriad of things you could you could do but uh you know hard pressed I would just put Nolito uh up top and then you know maybe make some subs at halftime if that's not working out so well and you know maybe you know bring him back down and and sub sub Navas off and you know, put put somebody on, put Raheem on another side. I mean, there's there's so many different things that could be done for this game. See, here's where I check in with this. Everybody looks at a Jose Mourinho side, and if I asked just the both of you, and either one of you can answer, a Jose Mourinho side scores on you by doing what? Counter. Okay, so. That's pretty much a known commodity with with uh, 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 with Chelsea. So I'm looking at this situation and thinking about where a lot of these counters occur and what's going on with the transition. And usually, what ends up happening is you get a ball turned over in midfield. Is 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 either the word? Well, the worst is an errant backwards pass from a center back, uh, but. Uh, that you get a ball balls lost in midfield in the counter starts or I usually and I see this with city quite a bit they they commit numbers forward everybody's down there a ball takes one odd bounce and lands in a spot where whomever it is that doesn't play for city has acres of space in front of them and is able to kick off the counter and for some weird reason it always falls to the guy who has tons of pace and can and can kick off the counter um but what i would do honestly is i think that this is the game where i'd put in a double pivot and i think the idea of having fernandinho and gundogan playing in the midfield you 
you sacrifice either Silva or De Bruyne for this game. And to be honest, I would sacrifice De Bruyne at this point. Um, he's just simply not really played well. Um, so I, I would I would use Silva in that role. And um, I want to say start... In, I like your idea of Nolito. I, I'm kind of with you on the idea of Nolito as a false nine, just simply because he's used to that. He's played through the middle with Spain, like that. He knows how to do it to Guardiola specifications, which is probably the most important thing about playing a false nine. I think, and even to your point, I you know you mentioned that Kalechi, you know, the couple games he started. I would add that he's not really impacted a lot of games that he started and it's nobody's really talking about it because we know he's young, but most of the Ianacho damage for Manchester city has happened when Kalechi has come off the bench late in games when minds and legs are tired. But to me, he hasn't quite yet as a striker found his inner Marcus Rashford. You know, if that makes sense. Marcus Rashford just, he he just seems to have the balls to, like, get going, get forward, find himself in the right places. And I just, I, I think Ian Acho, it, it is there, but just not necessarily in the Guardiola system. I think he's still undoing some of the bad habits Pellegrini taught him. So, I don't what, know. What if, we, what if we kind of compromise on this? Okay, because, I'm interested. Um, you know. You can play a double pivot, but you don't necessarily, now that you don't have Aguero in the picture, who is an automatic starter if he's available, now that you don't, you do you necessarily have to sacrifice a Silver or De Bruyne. You can just sort of swap Nolito up front as a false nine and then one, move one of the other two forward. Yeah, but then I was also including Sine. If he's healthy, oh, ready true. to go. Well, I, I don't know that I would start him, even if he is. You, I think you don't I might think keep him on the bench. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I I was thinking at the end of the day, City spent a pretty penny on on at, the at the end of the day. This is kind of silly because Guardiola probably has something in mind that we haven't even considered. Yeah, we're, <laughs> like we're we're going to get to ma- match day and Kolarov's going to Kolarov's going to be playing wide <laughs> up front, <laughs> and and you should be like, oh. All right, and it's going to turn out that Kolarov is Kolarov is a world class striker that he's we, going to score once and get two assists and be named man of the match. He'll score a hat trick on his debut. What are you talking about? He's going to rip their back four apart. Um, yeah, no, I, I I just think that the 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 double pivot, and I'll concede with you, Gray. I think maybe bringing Sane off the bench, see where he's at, not place all that pressure on him. Right now, Nolito and Aguero uh, is working. But, James, to your question about why Navas, because he's so tactical and he covers up other people's mistakes. And that is something that doesn't really – people do not talk about that enough with Navas. All anybody ever does is rip on his crossing. You just never see people talk about how excellent he is at sliding into vacated spaces that aren't even in his territory. He's just so smart. He sees what's about to go wrong, and then he puts himself in a position to mitigate the damage. 
And I feel like that's why Pellegrini actually kept him, is because tactically, Navas gets it. And so, I, I, I don't know what you do there, but I'll tell you this, it's a great problem to have, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely is. And, and to your point about Navas, uh, you know, intelligence and work rate and, and tracking back on defense. And I mean, he Navas is the type of player that that Pep wants, you know, seemingly wants all his players to be, you know, just running, running, running hard all game long. And, you know, there, there was some stat that was floating around that we ran uh, 10 kilometers, you know, more against, uh, you know, Stoke City away than we did last year. You know, uh, this time under Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I saw that and, same tweet. Yeah, and he, he the least know, Pep, surprising stat of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, his his re- remark in the uh, in the press conference was, you know, he wants his players, you know, to run for each other and to know I'm going to run now. Can he issue a warning that press conference too? Like, if people aren't going to be running, some people may find themselves on the bench. Wasn't that that same press conference? I, I think it was, and, and quite a difference from uh, last year's mentality. Yeah. What about you, Gray? Where's where where where? How do you set your lineup up? Line, lineup, knowing now for a fact that Gundogan is in. He plays, oh. no doubt in my mind. I'm putting him in there. Um, just to dispute myself, because you know I like arguing with myself. I'm half German, half British, so you know occasionally I have to go to war with myself. Um, Sané. You know, while you don't, you know, you think maybe an injection of pace off the bench if you need it. At the same time, he has been training for the last couple weeks and he has also been not on international duty like everyone else. Didn't they have him set, didn't they actually run through a couple of games with like sit, not not like full blown games? I don't know. Gotta be somewhere. The, the counterpoint to my own point was basically, you know, gee, they've had him sitting here for two for two weeks preparing for this game. Maybe they will throw him in there. Maybe he is one of the more most prepared 11 to play this game. Um, I would expect that Bravo is obviously going to start and get his debut. Um, I think I did. I see something about Nicholas Otamendi not getting back. To yeah. Manchester until late Thursday, so yeah. they could have some. He might not be available to start, which could open things up for Kolarov or company if he's fit. Who so would, honestly, who would you start if company is fit? I, I'm 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 seriously asking this question. Which of the two would you start at center back in the derby? I would start company and Stones. I'm I'm, assu- I'm presuming when we what say about- company is fit. We say he has been checked, double checked, triple checked. It the doesn't matter. They're it, completely, it, you know. They've done that all before, but they, I know. But you know, all if, right. he's, uh, if they say he is as fit as he can be, not like you know, blah blah blah. James, um, what did you? Uh, no, I, I I'd go with uh, Kolarov and, and Stones. Just I, I wouldn't want his first game back being the uh, the Man United game. Although although I do take your point, Gray. No, it's totally fair. <laughs> I, I take I'm Gray- not certain there's a wrong answer here. Yeah, I take Gray's point as well, and it definitely carries some significant weight with me, but I also am in line with, with James. I think that Kolarov has shown him, especially because he's shown himself to be a very competent, very, very competent center back, and he's got that left-footed thing going. 
So there are a variety of different ways. And just flipping back to Nolito and uh, or, or Sane for a second, you know what's interesting about that is that both Nolito and Sane can play uh, on that left side right there. And in theory, Raheem Sterling can play on that uh, left side. So Pep Guardiola could have a plan whereby Sane, Sterling, and Raheem are basically just interchanging the whole they game. Have- they have so many options. It's such a fantastic luxury to have. That's what I'm like, thinking they're going to do. If they have everyone fit, they have so many ways that they could go with it. I think they're going to end up going with Sine and then Nolito in that false nine spot, Sterling on the right, and then let both of those guys track in and sometimes play center forward because both Sine and Sterling have been used as, as you know, in that through the middle before i i think obviously probably sine to better effect but you know whatever it's neither here nor i i think it'll be interesting so but who does gundagon replace for you because somebody has to come out um well you know i'm just sort of operating under the assumption that's probably inaccurate that they are not going to reinvent the wheel for this um and they might they might do something completely out of the ordinary but Frankly, I just think that Gundawan sort of slots in and Nolito is a false nine and without Aguero, they don't have to make a replacement and they do sort of a double pivot thing, tweak the formation and just drop Gundawan in instead of Aguero and leave the other 10 the same. Um, I could be entirely wrong about that and I probably will be because frankly, um, the upside of the international break, you know, and there are downsides. We know that Guardiola hates them. Um, and there's a reason that I would have rather had this game not be the first one back after a break. But the upside is that you know for a fact that for the last two weeks, Guardiola has been dissecting this game for all it's worth. So there is no doubt in my mind that there is going to be a very comprehensive plan targeted. And that's why I don't think it's coincidence that these reports about Gundogan and Sene being healthy and ready, like, I I don't think that this is... Like these are these these things seem like stuff that are coming from inside the club, you know, yep, like yep, giving yep, yep. Jose something else to think about. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that they already have a plan, and that that plan is already being put into, you know, it's already being used happen. by leaking that stuff and letting yeah. Jose go. All oh, crap! All right, so they I don't think have. A they club. know exactly what they intend to do on Saturday. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt in my mind. Um. Um. On. Uh, so let's. Let's talk about the Aguero ban before we go further. And particularly because the controversy lately has been, I mean, the first question that everyone asked was, how the heck did Andre Mariner not see it? He was standing right in front of it. And then you have Mark Halsey, a former Premier League referee, coming out and saying, well, I was told to lie and say that I didn't see things that I, you know, that I didn't punish so that they could be retroactively punished. Because as we all know, had he said he saw it and didn't take any action, then it could not have been retroactively punished. Um, do, what do we do? Does, is, is it necessary to, I, I don't know. Do we need to take another look? No, I tweeted a picture at about the, this. Yeah, well, I mean, do, do we need to take another look at the rules? Do we need to take another look at, you know, what Mark Halsey is saying or blah, blah, blah? I, that whole scenario. Just I, go ahead. I think all of them, right? Right. All I was going to say is I think you got to look at all of it. Right. 
Yeah. And so, um, James, if you have any thoughts, I know you yeah. mentioned you, you probably do. So go for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think it, it should matter whether or not the, the ref, I mean, the, the rule as it stands, if the referee saw it and didn't call anything, then, you know, the, it's not reviewable. He, he can't get any kind of ban. So did he see it? Did he not see it? Is, is he being pressured? I, I think you do need to review that rule and, and maybe just throw the, the rule out and, and let an independent board review the actions that ha- happened on the field, whether or not the, the referee made the correct game time decision. Because you you see you know, folks in, in the media saying, oh, you know, look at what Aguero did with his arm. He, he should get the three match ban irrespective of what, whether he saw it. I, I have a different opinion <laughs> because I, I do think that defender stirs things up. He, he didn't get hit. He, he seemed to you know drop like a phantom. I've seen him do it against Schweinsteiger where he barely gets touched and he drops to the ground. I think defenders get away with way too much. Um, although your you, teeth, Gray? <laughs> you, you, no. could argue, you, you could argue that, uh, that Aguero, um, you know, gets away with, uh, you know, too much, you know, jumping and stamping on David Luiz, you know, one time, although he, he's not a diver. He's, he's not somebody who falls to the ground or, or I don't think is dirty without, you know, being hit first. So I think there's a lot to look at. I, I think importantly, they just need to change that rule about the referee having to see it. Just let a board review it and, you know, make a, make a ruling. Yeah, that's how pretty much works in America. You know, I mean, like it, it, the leagues can step in and say, okay. Um, but you know what, though? I think that more – look, in my opinion, the FA needs to be out of the Premier League. It just does. It needs to be – they need to be out of the Premier League. The FA's job is – I mean, they've got hundreds of different jobs, but this just doesn't seem like something that should fall within FA jurisdiction. I feel like, and maybe this is the American in me speaking, this is why we have commissioners in sports. Yeah. So, so that Roger Goodell can. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, though. So that Roger Goodell can act as judge, jury, and executioner in every case that comes his way. Yeah. But and, and Gary Bettman as well. But uh, but sort of at the end of the day, you do get a bit more transparency with a commissioner from like if you if you're fortunate enough to get a guy like Adam Silver or or what. A premier- yeah, I was going to say, I think it depends on the commissioner. It does. It does. Because I would argue that the NFL is not terribly transparent in what it no, does. No, but, but that's what I'm saying. At worst case scenario, nothing changes. But as long as you have a rotation because the FA is is always going to be the good old boys club. We've learned that. We've found that out through through the takedown of FIFA. And 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 they're always going to replace somebody who holds the same values that they do. Always. That's just the way those clubs work. So if you take that out of their hands and put it into to to a commissioner of the Premier League's hands, you know, just put a term limit on it. Like, that's the only problem with American sports is that commissioners are just commissioners for life until they decide they're done. I don't think that that ought to be the case. I think much like any other position of power. Uh, well, anyone, anytime you have that much power, I, I do think there should be a system of checks and balances. If, and if I, I can take this a step down and ape the NHL who have 
their own head of appointed head of discipline who basically reviews everything, you know, and 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 sort of has the leeway to enforce the rules as seen fit. I don't think it's a perfect system, but I like that. Someone who is literally specialized that their only job is to make sure that players are being disciplined or not disciplined properly. Um, and, you know, just even if retroactively or not, you know. I also don't like the idea of giving the three game active retroactive like review and things like that. Like, well, I, I don't like the fact that there the suspension is like predetermined for every offense like that. Yeah, I, that, I, I, th- I think they should take each case as they see fit. Is basically what I think. And, and I was that's what I was tweeting about on Twitter when I said context is important, and people were like, "No, it was violent conduct." And it's just like it's it's a it's sort of a pointless argument to have, but at the same time, it's not. Like you do need to take into account each individual situation. Aguero may not be innocent, but he's also not the world's greatest offender. And in an incident like this, okay, violent conduct for sure, but let's take the man into account. It seems weird to me that, you know, basically Diego Costa can do something much, much worse than Aguero, and, and and they both get the same ban. Whereas Diego Costa was doing it with malicious intent, Sergio probably just lost his cool there for a second. You know, mm-hmm. that does it happens. And I would the other thing I would say this nonsense like Aguero is a repeat offender, like Duncan Castle is pushing the Mourinho company line. Um, the only other incident Aguero has had since he got to England was that little flap with David Luiz in the FA Cup semifinal uh, three years ago, um, which, as I recall, he was not he did not get punished for um two incidents in six years i mean are you kidding me there's you know five years actually but you know it's kind it's kind of nonsense this is clearly not a dirty player who plays close to the edge or whatever um that that was my point on twitter it just seems like these predetermined systems of like oh okay we've retroactively decided it was violent conduct here's your three game ban Okay, but why three? And nobody yeah, has a good answer. Well, that's the standard. Why? The the, the motive the motivate. I mean, is there? I mean, this this gets into uh, conspiracy theories. But is there uh, a motive to ding up you know City a, a little bit? Maybe you know who's who's having some success. You know, big transfer window, Pep Guardiola, everything. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced. And, you know, you can call conspiracy theory. Things are only conspiracy theories if you don't have a healthy body of evidence to support it. At the end of the day, you have people on BT Sports saying, I hope they lose. You have clubs taking shots at City, like the team that finished fourth place in the Champions League. Thanks, Dortmund. Like, how about how about how about if we bring up your couple of seasons ago when y'all finished in the Europa League? Um, but but the, there is a very clear agenda, and let's be honest, there is an extensive amount of racism that's wrapped up in this. Every time, like, I cringe every time I read the words oil money or Arab money. 
Money is fucking money. And I am speaking to everyone. Money is money. Saying it's Arab money implies that it has a different value. It does not. It might within the international currency systems, but as as for giving a sum price of something, money is money. And it, and, and it doesn't matter who owns a damn team. Uh, you know, oil owners, I mean, Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys, you know, oil. Nobody ever brings up that oil money with Jerry Jones, you know, and granted they have a salary cap and can't spend like the Premier League, but there are people who are in the oil business that own baseball teams and they still don't do that crap. I, I just, it pisses me off. I do think it's racist. I do think it's an awful trend. And I think a lot of it is used to slide against City. And when you see it coming from so many different angles, I absolutely do believe that there are one, two, maybe three. I don't know how many were on the FA panel that decided this. I don't I don't know how many the panel comprised of. But it wouldn't shock me if there were one, two, three, four, even like five people in there who hold on to some notion that City aren't, and I've heard this term a lot too, a proper club. I don't even know what the hell that means. Can, can I can I like make like sort of like a congressional motion or something Please. that we like when we when we start whenever uh, Man United break the transfer record? Can we start referring to it as like freight rail money or like fish supply money or like they have oil money? How, how do you think Malcolm Blazer made his fortune? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> fish money, marine protein money. Right. It's in in. And it's the same thing. If if somebody brought it up, Harley Davidson money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If somebody said that, somebody'd be like, "And who cares?" Exactly my point. Why does it matter? Tampa that, Bay Buccaneer money. <laughs> why does it matter that a Middle Eastern man decided he wanted to buy a, a, a soccer team? Th- look at how much money he, real money. He has dumped into this of his own accord. And look at how much talent City are getting at such a young age that they could go on, many of them, to play for England. And and it's stupid that the powers that be are crapping on City's investment. Like, A, it's a bad thing for football, and B, it's a bad thing for England. It's not. It's stupid. And those people are stupid. And if you say that, you're one of those stupid people. But I don't think anybody listening is saying No, that. this is – I think we're shouting into the wind right now, yeah, but it feels, so. it feels good. It does. Um, I, 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 the only thing I would say is that I bet that City have contributed greatly to the fact that the Premier League got that big TV deal and made your club richer. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the um, China deal too. When yeah. the Premier, when the Premier League is hauling in money fist over anus because City went and struck a deal like that with with the Chinese consortium, I'm sure we'll still be hearing comments about you know City and that China money. Like, wait, what? what? I don't know. I'm sure we're. All, I think we're all in agreement though that we need to look at the rules. We've, we do. Yeah, think we we got fun here. Um. So let's let's get back to the the game. How are we feeling right now? 
It's a broad question, but how are we feeling about this with this doom impending on us? James? <laughs> well, my, you know, myself personally, um, you know, I, we've beaten up on teams that are, you know, towards the bottom of the table. I know we're only three games in. If, if we look at last year, I think they finished maybe a, a bit more towards, towards the middle. I mean, you look at this great soccer or football that we're playing right now. Um, you know, but really, who have we played it against? I, I think we need uh, a win against United, against teams at the top of the table to to have more confidence. So, I, you know, I'm I'm excited about the way we're playing, but I I, I need to see that against a a top of the table team. Addition, you don't think Stella were a top team? <laughs> I mean, that they was won. the Champions League, they, man. They won their league or something. No, no, running circles uh, around the the JV. I mean, that's that's just a, a warm up. Um, and the other thing too is we we have our players coming back from international break. Who, you know, maybe they're picking up bad habits, playing in odd positions. I I have to say, that, you know, the City tweeted out five hours or so ago a uh, a practice video, and I've been a big fan of their practice videos because they look so much different under Guardiola compa- compared to Pellegrini. I mean, it's it's tactics, it's running hard. There are all these new objects on the field. Um, but I, I saw a lot of smiles and laughter, and, and maybe that's because the international break, the whole team isn't there. Um, but, you know, I, I we're off to a great start. We're playing very exciting football, but we have to, you know, beat a top team coming out of the international break. And so I'm I'm, I'm nervous. I, I would take a I would gladly take a, a point. I'd, I'll take a nil nil or, or a one one draw. And that was the criticism last year is that they were flat track bullies. They, their record against the top eight was horrible. Um, so, you know, there's something to prove here because, you know, title contenders generally are, you know, you have to, to be the best, you have to beat the best to use that old adage. So you look and you think, you know, this is the first chance. Obviously it is a rival as well. It's a hugely, there's a lot of other stuff surrounding the game, the managers, the rivalry, but Put all that aside, this is the big test. This is a, a, a measuring point. And, you know, United are in the same boat. They have a lot of new players. They have, um, a, obviously, a very highly rated new manager. But they haven't really played anyone yet. So this is it. This is kind of going to be a very early measuring stick, I think, for both. I feel okay about it. You know, I never feel good about derbies. It's just, it's a nightmare. I don't, <laughs> the, the, I, a lot of people I know, they talk about it like, oh, I just cannot wait till it's over. And I just hope, I hope that we win, but I can't wait till it's over. And I kind of, I understand exactly that feeling because, you know, and it's not even that bad for me. You know, people who live there have to deal with coworkers and friends and people they see on on transportation every day it's just you know there I, there is a sense of dread and i think it particularly this one i would argue is you know the darby's kind of not that it ever went away but the last couple of years you know either united have been off the pace or last year everyone was off the pace or in 2012-13, City were off the pace when they finally played them, particularly in the second one. They were way, way behind. Not that it's ever not meaningful, not that it's ever not huge, but I think we're back to having huge ramifications for the top of the table for the entire league for the first time in probably four years. 
So that's, you know, it's exciting, but it's also makes my stomach do a bunch of flips. Josh, what do you think about the game? I think, uh, I think United sure as heck believe in themselves. Uh, and I know the media love them. And, and, and it's odd to me that city are underdogs in this game. I find that absolutely hilarious because of the two squads city have looked much better defensively and going forward. They also create more chances, uh, and even if there have been periods of their games where they've, you know, had to struggle under Pellegrini, those periods usually resulted in, in, in city either completely giving up the lead or city losing the lead and then going behind. And now under Guardiola city have been able to weather those storms Teams haven't really got off really amazing chances against City. Um, and, and I think that with Claudio Bravo, uh, who will be starting, I think that opens up so much more uh, that we haven't even seen from City yet. Um, you know, Claudio Bravo is just so good at that distribution. And, and it's going to be impressive to me to finally see a world-class goalkeeper in net for City, along with a guy, you know, who at the same time can get that ball out quick and let City get moving on a much slower, much younger, and a lot less acclimatized uh, to, to their system, Manchester City. Or Manchester United, rather. So, uh, I... I'd, in terms of how I feel about it, I'm gonna have to go with sort of ambivalent because I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to think until I see a lineup. You know, like I could feel really good, but then I go and I see a lineup. Pep has been no like. <laughs> anybody want to mention the time that Pep decided to play three against Barcelona at the back? I mean, the guy's not infallible so i i am curious to see how he's gonna handle the the hang you know the headache of having uh especially if company comes available along with gunduan and uh and uh some i there may be some temptation on pep's half behalf to make a move uh, whereas, like Joe said early, disrupting, keeping the continuity may have been the way to go. So uh, I'm sort of ambivalent about the game at this time, but that's not because I'm not completely excited for it. I just, I want to, I'm curious to see what's going to line up, who for sure is going to be available, and then where this thing is going to go. But I don't, I don't feel those same that same dread that you normally feel during United Week. Like I know Mourinho wants his bite at at Pep, but I think in terms of systems and and players, Pep got more of what he wanted than Mourinho got of what he wanted. Like he may have brought in the players he wanted, but he didn't bring in the players United needed. Yeah. Um, I, I just, 
I think of the fact that so much more is going to be made of this than it probably is necessary, no matter what the result is. Um, but I, I'm just, you know, I always get nervous for these things. There's not much I can do about it. Um, yeah, I get nervous on game day. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say it's you know it, it's too early in in the season to to make a ruling. I mean, was it last year that that we beat up on Chelsea pretty good early in the uh, in the season and then you know ended up doing nothing? We got off to a to a great start. I, I think I think we could win this game. We could lose this game. It may not be indicative of how the season will go. It's just you you look back at last year and how poorly we performed against the, you know the the man united's the liverpools the the arsenals the, the leicester at, at the top of the table it would be uh you know psychologically nice for the fan base to get a uh, to get a victory as far as confidence in in manchester city go uh i think that uh, that there is a you know, fans have every reason to 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 believe in what Guardiola is doing. I I think that when you look at the product on the field, it speaks for itself. I think when you look at the number of trophies Guardiola has in his closet, it speaks for itself. Um, where are you at with your confidence, James? Yeah, my in the versus United or for the season for the future in the Derby. In the derby, um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really just uh, just so so for again for a number of reasons because we're coming off the the international break because you know Jose in his beginning years is usually good <laughs> even though he has some uh, some injuries obviously we we lose our talisman Aguero up front so we have to mess with the lineup a, a little bit and we we may be bringing some some new faces uh, in uh, I feel like it's an easier read when we're um, you know, coming off a, a Premier League week, you kind of know what the momentum and, and the trend is. Uh, you know, if we look at American sports, it's like a, a, an American football team playing after the bye week. So, um, uh, you know, I'm a little fidgety to to get this game going and, and see how the first 20 minutes go. I, I, um, I'm i a little, uh, you know, I, I'm not super, you know, confident. Uh, and at the same time, you know, don't have a, a reason to think we're not a, a quality squad. I, I just think it could be a little, a little rusty with with some tweaking and and losing a, a key man up front. See, I'm less worried about the key man up front, to be perfectly honest with you, because here's here's what is going to be beneficial to City. When City are in possession of the ball, they're going to be playing ten on eleven. Right. Uh, well, actually, they're going to be playing ten on nine. Excuse me, because Ibra doesn't track back and goalkeeper can't come out. So City are going to have all 10 men likely committed forward. And and Ibra is just going to be sitting there doing basically nothing because that's what he does. You know, get me the ball. The ball should come to me. I am a Ferrari. Or a, <laughs> I'm sorry. What did he call himself? A Lamborghini and said Pep that was using. When, oh, no. When you have a Ferrari in your garage, you drive it or something. I don't know what is what that comment was. Uh, but but I, I, I do think that that's going to be a weakness for United. Uh, whereas City play as a unit. Um, I also think that Paul Pogba has really not been as advertised in the Premier League. Uh, he's had, he's had, you know, a game or a half where he's really kicked on and shown what he's capable of. 
but the consistency is not there yet with Pogba. And which is kind of sad because that's, and I say this with all sincerity as a guy who likes Pogba, you, you should be able to get consistency for what they paid for him. If you're paying that much for a player, he'd better be like, and I'm not talking about every player has an off day. This is a guy who doesn't look settled in yet. Like, I mean, if I, Pep, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to, you're talking about the money. I mean, what did we pay for, uh, you know, KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, and he's been, you know, terrific at, at City. Not somebody who's a doubt. I mean, sure, there are rusty games here and there, but nothing like the inconsistency of Pogba, which is, you know, maybe double or... or you know, John, you shoot, you take John Stones. Look at how quickly John Stones slotted in at City this year under a new manager, you know, coming over from, you know, Everton. New team, new club, new city, new life, new manager... And the guy's playing better than he ever has in his life. You know, Pogba wasn't even necessarily going to go to uh, Manchester United. He actually was, was really wanting to go to Real Madrid. And Raiola thought that he could get Madrid to come in, come up on, you know, one of their normal Galactico-style bids to up Manchester United. And everybody else who looked at what Raiola was asking for Paul Pogba said, you're off your rocker. We're not, we're, yeah, we're out, see ya. And, and in the end, United didn't win the signature of Pogba. They were the last ones left standing. Like, everybody else was smart enough to get out. Uh, a $25 million agent fee? Get the, ooh, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, you think you think about Sterling, and you know, he's certainly come good, and and he was young. But you think about what his fee was, and you know, maybe he had a little bit of trouble with uh, precision in his uh, in his first year. And then you look at Pogba's fee. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you should be paying for a finished product, and uh, there's a lot of lot of work to be done there. Yeah, and, and so I, I I think that that's why maybe I'm a bit more confident than 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 some with this city game is because I look at this, and I see some glaring holes in United that they didn't fix, and I don't know what they're going to do with them. I don't know how they're going to address them. I do know Mourinho has a plan, but here's the problem: in order to do some crazy things, you have to have a decent roster. Mourinho doesn't have that at his disposal. He's got a lot of aging players, a lot of capable players, some really young raw talents, and some guy in Pogba that's stuck halfway between a Balloon d'Or candidate and maybe just a, a you know a Yaya Toure type you know good midfielder, but nothing you know that 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 breaks the bank. Um, I I don't I don't know. I do not think that Jose has confidence in everything he's doing with Manchester United. So it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. But I think fortune favors the bold. 
And and cities so far have been bold. They've gone out. They've made their moves. They've splashed their cash. They've set their line in the sand, especially Pep Guardiola with how he wants to play, what he wants to do, so on and so forth. Uh, United still seem to be fidgeting around. And in two weeks or not, it's it's people also aren't mentioning the fact, and maybe you happen to know off the top of your head, but a lot of people for City got an excuse for an international break too. Yeah, it, it's. I, I mean that 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 point is well taken. I I think what you're what you're maybe seeing perhaps in, in social media among among the fans and a reticence to have confidence. And clearly this year is different with different players, new players, fresh players. But last year you, you look back to like a Liverpool game where man for man, perhaps we we were the better team. We had we had more talent. We should have you know gone out there and, and won those games and then we just got smacked around by by a team that played together. Clearly, you know, Manchester United does not seem like that, but I, I think we have this hangover where we have the better players and we don't put it together, which we That was under that was under Pellegrini though. Exactly. You you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that under Pep Guardiola. But it's, uh, you know, I, I think those those nerves are, are tough to shake off un, until we have a couple That's of fair. performances. That's fair. I, I, I just think that City are composed right now. I think that when you see them getting better and better each game, these sort of touches and flicks, I mean, this is Guardiola football. This is what it's all about. These subtle one, just beautiful, beautiful. That's why he wants people who... Are, are capable of, uh, you know, dribbling, are capable of, of handling a first touch, who can also pass, is because he does, the way his system ends up being played, you could end up theoretically anywhere on the field. And when you're there, you better know what to do. And if not, at least know enough of how not to leave a glaring weakness while you work your way back to where you're supposed to be. Because a lot of the mistakes that players make, and this is something that the average fan, you know, that they, they, they don't often sit back and notice these patterns, but a lot of the mistakes that many players make isn't so much like right at the time, it's, it's preceded by a mistake that pulled them out of position to where they had to try and then were their way back into position. Like we look at clumsy challenges and such, you know, you got to go back a couple ways and look, well, why did he have to make that clumsy challenge? Oh, because he came all the way out here for that ball back there and then had to race back into position. If you wouldn't have done that, he wouldn't have had that clumsy challenge resulting in a free kick or a penalty kick. And I just think that like right now United aren't, I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like things are flowing a bit more smoothly with city and you city play the type of ball that I don't think is necessarily going to under, under Pellegrini, they needed a lot of things to go their way on Clattenburg because City weren't making it happen. Under Pellegrini, City can deal with some crappy refereeing decisions here and there because they can make it happen. They can press the issue. When they need to find that extra gear, 
Guardiola brings it out of him, and the score ends up being, you know, four, five, six, one, or whatever the case may be. So, and I only think that City are going to get better. I, I do, I don't think that this is a case where City are going to have extraordinary ups and downs. I just, I, I think they're going to get better. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's a, that's a, a fair point. You know, especially based on on Pep's history and and how quickly it's started to gel, and we've started to see that uh, that beautiful football. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to 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 see what happens, but. Uh, uh, you know, that, uh, before we get out of here, just a couple of final thoughts. Uh, which of the undebuted signings are you most excited to see? Um, you know, I mean, you know, certainly, you know, Sane and, and Gundogan, uh, you know, come to, uh, come to mind. I, I actually <laughs> probably the, the most, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Gabriel, the, the, you know, Jesus, uh, or Jesus or, or how we say it from, uh, from Brazil. Uh, because I, I think I read something today where they're talking about him being a, a next Neymar and, and certainly heir to the throne of, uh, of, of Aguero. So, um, I think of, of everybody, I, I, I think it would be him because we've, you know, there was a period of time where we had spoils, uh, you know, for strikers, four strikers, uh, and then maybe some weren't playing well. And then we were down to three. And, you know, when we think, think about our, our man up front, it, it, it's him, it's, it's Aguero, Kelechi is coming along, but he's again, impact sub. Um, so I, I think Gabriel is, is, uh, is the one I'm most excited to see. Of course, I, I don't think that's, uh, till December or January, he's got to finish his season. So, you know, for me, it would be him. And there was a lot of talk about him, about whether or not he's going to be like the next great Brazilian striker, uh, front man. And I got to tell you what you see out of this kid, it's hard for me to, uh, it's hard for me to 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 picture this kid kid uh not coming in and staying with City. I've heard a lot of people talk about like he comes in and he may go out on loan or I've even read that he may stay with Palmeiras through the Copa Libertadores. Um I got to be honest, man. City will ultimately have the final say on that. Like, they've agreed to let him stay through December. The Copa isn't until June. I, I'm I'm not thinking. Uh, I think I, I, I believe that's when it I know. I know it's a ways away, but I, I don't think City are going to be keen to let Palmettis hang on to him, you know, just so they can win a stupid competition. Like, all right. We let we let you keep him so you could win the league and, and, and earn your places, but we paid you the money. Now it's time to to, to let us have him. You know, um, of course, the the idea all along may have been to have bought him and left him there for a year and not bring him over. They may bring him back out on loan, send him send him to, you know, uh, a. I say second rate, but like, you know, a level below City where things will be expected of him, but not, you know, if he misses a shot, you know, he's not going to be hung up and crucified. 
Um, I, I I don't know what the plan is, but I, the kid just seems too talented for me to believe that City aren't going to want that guy back in mid-December saying, like, I mean, isn't that just a sweet December signing to have? Like, oh, hey, by the way, got a world, you know, potentially young world-class striker coming in. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like when you have one of your you know key strikers come off of uh, injury, all of a sudden it, it becomes like a new signing if if he wasn't there for a long period of time. I, I think that is going to be pretty uh, pretty sweet. But turning the question around uh, back to yourself, who who are you anxious to see hit the field and make their debut? I can't decide between Gundogan or Bravo. Oh, Bravo! <laughs> that's it. That's a good one. Um, because I think that Claudio Bravo, the addition of Claudio Bravo, kickstarts so many different things. And, um, dude, if you, you see how quickly some of those great distribution, uh, goalkeepers get the ball out and how they get it out and where it is. And then you see the breaks that start because of it. It's just an added dimension to the game, and you can terrorize teams with that, especially with the pace that City have going forward. All it takes is, you know, you know, Bravo's just got to clear the lines. You get that thing to either Gundogan or De Bruyne or, or even Fernandinho, and they'll make one hell of a pass to a guy who's streaking completely free because, you know, the, the, the play started so quickly. Um, I just think that they're the reason city haven't rocketed off the ground. Like people are, you know, they're waiting for those Bayern style five, six, seven, one wins on a consistent basis. Um, People say that's not going to happen in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, there are some really bad teams in the Premier League, and people need to stop acting like the Premier League is amazing top to bottom. If there's parity, it can be tough, but there are also a lot of really cr- – People – the thing about having parity in England is that there's never really been one outstanding team. You know, so it's it's hard to say, oh, a manager couldn't do that in English in English football because the competition is so tough. Well, you know, not all English teams were playing with a complement of players like Barca, Real Madrid and Bayern have. Um and and Guardiola is trying to assemble that over the course of a couple of windows. And I believe if and when he does get his task completed, you know, because if cities start doing really magical crap under Guardiola, it's only a matter of time before a couple of those no's turn into. Because Guardiola, let's be real, he had to sell people on a project this year, right? Right. Once he gets going and has proven his worth, then it's like, well, the Guardiola machine is rolling in. It's it's now rolling here in Manchester. Would you like to get on this train? And that's when people usually sign up. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does now that he has more wealthy owners uh, backing him. 
uh, for transfers because I think it's odd. You, you know, you see Guardiola making a lot more of the decisions at City than, say, some of the other managers. Uh, this is just how Guardiola likes it. It's it's what he does. Uh, and, and I think that he's been waiting for a club like Manchester City to come along and say, okay, we're going to give you complete power within reason, sort of like USC did with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks did. Like, Paul Allen owns the team, but anything that has to do with football stops at Pete Carroll's desk. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, ultimately, that's the way Pep wanted it, and that's what he's now got. Yeah, and I, I think you raise a good point about the pet machine being in, in full effect because, you know, City has has had, you know, money and, and talent and has underperformed. Uh, and, you know, people say Pep can't do it in the Premier League. Well, w- once they are performing and w- once he is doing it in the Premier League, uh, those transfers that could potentially come in get very exciting in terms of the type of team he could build uh, in year two compared to, year one when he doesn't have a track record yet with the, uh, with the club. Yeah. And that's going to be some, you know, really, really interesting. I'm kind of curious to see like who city could possibly get to bring in. And I know that people are looking down the line and are hopeful for like a messy type. Look, I think messy, if he ever does come to city, it's going to be at a time when, you're not going to get the best of him. Right. He's already on the wrong side of where you want to be in age, the injuries. Uh, a previously uninjured Messi is now starting to get injured rather frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, the You know, the accumulation of, of all those kicks that he gets by just embarrassing people is finally starting to add up. It's And it's always niggles here and there that keep him out. Um. But but Barcelona, have, the one thing I've been impressed by is is the way that they let him come back on his own. <laughs> like you normally you, you have another club with you know with a guy like Messi, they're like yeah, what are you at seventy five percent? Okay, come on, let's go. You know, but but Barcelona have so much attacking power up front that they're like yeah, Neymar, go ahead and stay in Brazil uh, to and and hang out for an extra week. <laughs> messy you're injured it's cool take off more time you know um and and i'm just curious you know once cities start gathering up some of these players and with a number of them coming good like if sine turns into the world class winger that everyone thinks that he can be if raheem sterling continues on his you know meteoric rise uh, if if Gundawan can stay healthy and on the field, and De Bruyne starts to pick up from him, I mean City just have so flipping much talent on the field that that this thing could turn into a nightmare for anybody that has to face them. Yeah, and not not to mention the the money as it as it shifts towards the the Premier League, the, the top talent you know are going to be more uh, attracted to it, and you know w- what team are they going to want to join? Uh, you know, then, uh, you know, Barca slash, you know, Bayern, um, you know, the the sequel is or the second sequel now with uh, with Pep here. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, before we get out of here, I, I just want to check in on, on a couple of things with you, and and uh, then we will peace out. So, where Darby aside, how are you feeling about City's chances overall in the league? Uh, overall in the league, I am concerned about uh, Conte at Chelsea. I, I think he's a very strong uh, manager. Um, you know, Liverpool at the beginning of the season, I was more concerned about them. Uh, I'm starting to sh- to shake that off a little bit. Um, you know, we'll see what Jose does when his when his team uh, gets a little bit healthy. Uh, you know, Le- Leicester certainly not expecting them to do again this year what what they did last year. Um, uh, I, I, I think we should be at the top. I, I think we should be, you know, one in two and, and based on the evidence of what we've seen so far, I, I think we could put a little distance between one and two being in, in that first spot. Um, all, all that said, you know, Chelsea, I, I don't take them lightly. I, I think they're going to be our key rival, uh, this year. What is it specifically about them that worries you? Like, do you think that, I mean, is it just the way that what Conte did at the Euros? Because uh, personally, I actually think that Max Allegri's Juventus is better. Like, truly I do. Like, I know people were not expecting that much out of Max Allegri, but I think his Juventus teams were a bit more dominant. Yeah, I, I mean that that's that's a fair you know the that's a fair comment. I I think he I think Allegri has has done a good job with with Juventus. Um, yeah, I I guess that could be a a bit of a knock against Conte. It's just to your to your mention about the Euros, what he did with an Italy that was um, you know seemingly not top talent and you know really had them outperform. Um, their 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 talent level and I, I had a buddy who um who worked for the or works for the new york mets and he saw juventus come in and and you know what they go through and how rigid they are when when they came and played in in the states um it, how the clothing is laid out that the passing that they're doing beforehand and I, i've read this about conte before he he has like these little you know operas or ballets that go on on the field and in practice, and then you see them play out in the game. So it's, it's just that, um, you know, having him lead, uh, you know, Chelsea is, it, if he can get them clicking, that is something that, uh, that concerns me just knowing what kind of a, a maestro he can be, you know, especially at a club that really wants to succeed. They're coming off a, a really you know challenging year. There, there's a huge incentive, um, you know, personally and professionally to, to do better. Um, I, I, I think he is going to be pushing them and getting them back to where they should be. And, you know, maybe he'll get, you know, some additional help in, in the winter window. Um, so that's, that's why he concerns me just the way he orchestrates and the discipline he, he will add that, that said, people have said, maybe they'll resist it, but they, you know, they are performing well early. So he's a bit of a concern for me. Yeah, as well, he should be. I was kind of impressed with what he did on, on uh, you know, like you said, with, with that. I don't even know what the hell that team was that they played in the Euros. Like, that that team shouldn't have even made it out of out of a qualifying group. <clears throat> but, uh, well, I guess that's not true. You look at that defense and think those three could stop just about anybody. Um <clears throat> 
But uh, Sat- satisfied enough with with Benucci over uh, or Stones over Benucci so far? Uh, yes, for one reason and in in one reason only. Um, I think Stones has got more years to give the club and 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 probably cost a significant amount less. The the thing. I think the reason that they really wanted Laporte is because he's somewhat interchangeable. You can use him as a fullback. You can use him as a center back. There, there are a number of different things that you can do with Laporte. And that would have been a guy that, that I would have looked at, but Pep will surely be aware of it. Is it Suli or Sule uh, over at Hoffenheim? He'll surely be aware of him. Um, and, and and there are great young defenders that are coming up, and and if if Pep sees somebody out there that he can get in for a price, I wouldn't. You know, honestly, I I, I loved everything about Benucci except for the price because of his age. Yeah, that just that just. <sighs> I had a hard time. If City weren't going to get any center back, if the John Stones thing was going to fall through, then, yeah, I would have wanted them to circle back and just pay the fee. Because you need somebody. Otherwise, the system falls flat on its face. But with having seen how quickly Stones has taken to Guardiola, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that Roberto Martinez isn't really good at developing defenders. So it's probably fortunate that he already has pre-developed defenders at Belgium. So (laughs) (laughs) So, all I was really going to add into that is like, if if you want, you look at, at stones in his first couple games with city. And then you look at Roberto Martinez and go, how the hell could you not like, what what were you not doing right? Yeah, clearly the kid can do it. Yeah, kind of, kind of like put Raheem on the right. You know, maybe take him off the uh, the left side. It's amazing. I've been, saying, I've been saying that for I don't know how long. I said it when I was on the City Watch podcast. I said I feel like Raheem Sterling just needs to play on the right. Um, I feel like he just operates a little bit better in space when he's on the right. It feels a bit more natural and comfortable to him. He can play the left, but I find that what he tends to do on the left is like dribble the ball and then he'll almost like face his opponent and kind of like drag the ball with him while he's looking at them waiting for him to make a move. And usually they end up just poking the ball away from him and taking it. Whereas on the right, I think he tends to get forward, run straight at defenders, be a little bit more creative, use a little bit more of the tools in his belt. I'm not sure if it's because he's not as confident in his weak foot on on the left-hand side, and that's why he wasn't using them. But I think that him playing on the right-hand side has just... Yeah, I, I mean, Guardiola will obviously embark impart his wisdom on Raheem Sterling. You look at what he did for Komen, for Costa, for any other number of wingers, for that matter. Um, yeah, I, I think Guardiola will completely have it covered. Uh, but, uh, dude, yeah, I, I, I'm totally fine with Stones. I I think that kid's going to be become 
the centerpiece of, of Manchester City's defense for quite some time to, to come. I'll ask you a question about stones that I put to gray, and then we can get out of here. Um, is there any temptation in your mind when when you see how well Stones plays with the ball when he gets upfield, is there any temptation in your mind where you think Pep Guardiola should buy two new center backs in the next window? Because we know City are going to be in for for in in the next summer window when they splash big again. You know they're going to be in the market for center backs, and they'll be addressing whatever else that they need but they only got one of the two that they wanted. Do you think that they possibly convert stones into a center defensive midfielder? Right. So, so my, my answer to that is um, based, I mean, and this is different with Guardiola compared to Pellegrini and compared to what we've done in the past. Um, We we've swung and missed so many times at the center back uh, position. I'm hesitant to move somebody who's doing well there up and, you know, try to go out and make some purchases. And then what if those purchases don't work? So I, I guess it's a, it's, it's a conservative, uh, answer. Um, I worry that we move him up, we buy some center backs and, and they're not working out. And then, you know, do we move him back? What do, what do we do then? Um, so I, I, I'm, it's, it's interesting. I think if, if, if we can get the proven, you know, proven center backs and, and people we know are definitely going to perform, I think it's certainly an, an interesting suggestion. I don't know how easy it is, you know, based on our past history. And that may be down to Pellegrini or, and maybe Guardiola seems something different and makes better choices. Uh, maybe with more Premier League dollars uh, or TV package dollars, we can get, get somebody better. Does that register that that concern that I'm I'm having. Yeah, no, the concern that you're having is registering. I was just looking at like okay, let's say you got in a guy like Laporte and then you packaged him and I'm just I'm just throwing out names, okay? Like I don't think this will happen, but uh let's say you, you took somebody like Ruggiani or Ruggiani, however you pronounce it, uh from from Juventus, who's supposed to be the next great Italian defender, and Sule from uh, from Hoffenheim, and and you put these or Laporte, you know, Laporte and and uh, what's his bucket? You take those two and and you put them there, and now all of a sudden you have a monstrously young and talented center back pairing. Uh, and and you can move stones a little bit further up the pitch. Every, the only reason I ask that is because I see a lot of people talking about Busquets. And I'm like, you can't keep making those comparisons unless he's actually going to play center defensive mid. You know, like Sergio is is a great defender, but he's also a center mid. And, and John Stone seems to have a lot of that in him. And that's why I'm... I guess pushing for maybe later on in his career for him to step up into that holding midfielder role as sort of the last line. But I agree with you. It would, that that would only need or should take place if slash when city have the center backs behind him who are just as capable as he is. 
Yeah, it, it, the, some of the some of the transfer business that we did uh, was it Mangala and and that fee in that position. Uh, you know, bringing him in and then pushing stones up. You know, that's that's the risk. I'm sure we won't we won't make those mistakes again. But it's just uh, it's it's been a concern since it's been such a rotating position for uh, for the last few seasons now. And don't forget about the youngsters. We haven't even talked about Toshin. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, he's he's pretty exciting. I, I like him. I, I like uh, I like Angelino as well. I, I think he could be uh, he could be interesting. Um, it'll be it'll be neat to see what Pep does with his squad when we're pay- playing in some of those non uh, Premier League uh, games in in tournaments. Just how young will he go? Um, and will he bring younger talent along faster? Uh, than uh, than Pellegrini did. Would would Kelechi be in a different place today uh, under the tutelage of you know Pep Guardiola? Uh, you know compared to the time he spent under under Pellegrini. But you know, Tosin, I, I think is a is a pretty interesting defender, and I, I think uh, Angelino also. Um, I, I think we have some some depth growing in the uh, in in the farm team, so to speak. And the last thing I'll say before we wrap out too. Is the other thing I would say is that Angus Gunn, you know, people all this talk oh, about yeah. Joe Hart. People aren't even looking at the fact that Pep is bringing Angus Gunn up through. And, and I mean, he let him play, do the shootout against Dortmund. So, I mean, what do you want? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the kid went up against Dortmund and, and stopped him three times. Like, I don't I – don't, to the point where Guardiola actually went up and asked him what his trick was. This is this is documented. Guardiola was so impressed with his ability to stop shots, you know, because he's seen he has seen firsthand Dortmund bury his team on penalties. Yeah. And Angus Gunn made Dortmund, and they weren't sending slackers out there either. Angus Gunn straight made Dortmund look. Just like any other old side with 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 those saves, and it was remarkable. Um, and uh, you know, the loss of Joe Hart could equal the promotion of a guy like Angus Gunn. And if that does happen, I, I don't think it's a loss. I don't. I, I think Joe Hart was a loyal servant, served the club. Bravo's going to step in handle business probably for a couple of years and, and mentor Gunn as, as the number, as you know, Gunn will probably be the third. I would imagine if city even ought to keep three keepers because they did have Richard Wright, but they released him. I would think that Gunn would probably be the third because we know it's not going to be Hart now that he's at Torino. You'd have Bravo, Willie, and then, and then Angus. And, Honestly, you would you might even suspect that Angus and Willie could swap places at some point in the season, depending on exactly how much Angus starts picking up both both from Pep and from uh, uh, Bravo himself. Yeah, I, I I think that makes sense, and um, you know the the Dortmund shootout wasn't impressive. He's a he's a young Willie Caballero, uh, you know, a la you know, FA cup or, or whatever, whatever title we, we were able to win there. I will say though, with, with Dortmund, uh, I don't know how many of those guys play for the German national team, but that, that Germany, Italy shootout, 
I, I don't know the what fact. happened there. <laughs> because we're talking about Ang- Angus Gunn stop, uh, you know, shot stopping. Is it is it because uh, the, the Germans are the German teams are having difficulty uh, in shootouts? I know, it's like a chip off the old block. I swear to God, I think that. And then <clears throat> I swear, not even two weeks ago, I was reading an article talking about how this rash of penalty misses by Germany is is really un-German. And I'm like, right. really? It is? So I'm glad it's not just me who wonders, like, I don't know. I, I, I just am always surprised when it gets to a shootout and people are like, oh, the Germans got this. I'm like, are we watching the same team? <laughs> No, no. I, I mean, the, the, those are my, uh, those are my, my thoughts exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm glad he's, he's stopping shots against uh, Dortmund, and, and, and it's not a knock. Uh, it's just, you know, considering they had such a challenge, it just makes me think about the Euros and how much of a challenge the Germans, uh, then and the Italians both had in that, uh, in that shootout. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how some of these young lads come through and. You know, uh, obviously, Gabriel Jesus uh, at the Olympics. I mean, holy crap. Uh, if that kid doesn't get your blood excited for December and, and just the talent that City have coming through, it's just it's never been a better time to to, to be a fan of, of, of the proper Manchester club. Uh, but on that note, what I want to do is give you a chance to tell people where they can find you on Twitter and what you're working on. If, if anything, uh, you know, it's just sort of a, a chance for you to take a little time for you. Uh, sure. You can, uh, you know, find me at MCFC New York, uh, and, you know, really just in engaging in the, the Twitter sphere with the, uh, with the fans and just trying to raise the, the profile of, uh, Manchester city football and English premier league, uh, you know, football, you know, here in, in the States and helping to add, uh, you know, a, a American, you know, voice or American, uh, typing to it, you know, occasionally some, some writing for some, some outlets and, and, you know, jumping onto, you know, podcasts or, or fan channels, um, you know, but mostly, you know, live tweeting the, the games and, and commenting and occasionally doing some long form stuff, uh, tweeted out at MCFC New York. Right on, man. Well, uh, definitely appreciate having you on and, uh, you know, we're going to be continuously touching bases with all of our, you know, chapters or branches. I will one day get that. All, all of our, you know, branch correspondence. And, and I think that uh, it's it's great that we have so many who are just excited and willing to get in on on this with us and help out, chime in, talk, because uh, in our minds, this is always for you guys. We just are the ones that get to have fun doing it. And if anybody's wondering why it's just James and I here at the end, Gray actually had to run to the airport and we knew that, uh, so we just kind of picked up where he left off. So don't think that we've been excluding Gray, though. If you were listening for Gray, you're probably no longer listening anyway. So uh, on that note, uh, I will say that you can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. Said city with a Y, Citizens. Uh, an America, not American, because Twitter and character links. 
Um, we also have an email address set up, and that's American Citizens Podcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, no special lettering to citizens the same way we spell our podcast. Uh, and uh, we will also be back later on this week with probably another Darby preview. And we have an extreme. It is the deal is done. It is finalized. Uh, you guys will find out exactly what it is uh, soon enough. Uh, but we have a very, very, very exciting announcement for us to make uh, uh, a, a transfer of sorts, if you will, of American citizens that I am nine billion percent positive is only going to please some fans. Uh, But you guys just need to know that there is going to be nothing changing about this program. It is meant to run the way that it is run. Uh, But on that note, you can, yeah, like I said, uh, I am actually uh, on Twitter at FightOnTwistFC, but I am going to be creating a different account. So, Uh, Once I get that on there, I will put that on the next podcast. So for now, for Gray, for myself, and for James, and every City fan around the world, we say good luck, thanks for listening, and keep it tuned right here at American Citizens. We'll catch you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.